So last week we finished up that series on hope and this week it's just a one-off because today is Pentecost and today we're looking at relationships. And when I say the word relationships, all kinds of things probably come to mind. All types, all types of relationships depending upon context, right? And there's aspects of relationships. Sometimes it's good, it's bad, it's indifferent. Sometimes it's life-giving, life-taking. Sometimes we're like, man, I can't wait. And others, it's like, oh, man, I hope that gets behind me soon. I just need to go somewhere else. I need to be away from, right? Relationships are complex. They are contextual. And yet, what would it mean to look at relationships and the energy they provide. Now there's the energy that is life-giving and the energy that is life-taking, but what if we look at it in the energy that is life-giving in the context of Pentecost? Because Pentecost is the celebration, it's the observance of the Spirit of God filling the people, filling the community, filling the church, bringing people together, getting them excited and energized and going out into the world to set the world on fire with God's love. And so this sense of Pentecost drawing us together as a community saying, here's a way to live. Let's go out. Let's, let's give love. Let's give hope. Let's give peace to the world. Let's, let's give this experience of the risen Christ the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Let's help provide that experience, and we can do that when we are together in it. We can set the world on fire in our relationships. And so as we're going through and thinking about the energy that is life-giving in relationships, how are we participating in that? Not only how can we receive it, but how can we give it? We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians. And 1 Thessalonians is believed to be one of Paul's oldest letters, possibly even the first letter, the oldest writing of the entire New Testament. And here Paul is engaged with talking with the people of Thessalonica, which is up in the northern part of Greece, of engaging with them in, wow, Here's what you guys are doing. Here's how you have been set on fire, not just as an admonishment of saying, yay, good job, woo, way to go, but also just as a reminder to keep going, to keep doing for them and whoever would read this letter going forward. And we're going to take that in the context of this famous passage out of Acts that's generally read on Pentecost and to see how that moment of Pentecost of being filled with the Spirit of God is getting played out in 1 Thessalonians. And to kind of help us. Like how do we have that energy in our relationships that is life-giving instead of life-taking? How do we see and grasp that potential that is there? How do we move away from those things that are destructive? How might we live a life that is fully centered 
on God's love. So let us begin in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 13. So continue encouraging each other and building each other up, just like you are doing already. Brothers and sisters, we ask you to respect those who are working with you, leading you and instructing you. Think of them highly with love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Acts 2, verses 1 through 2. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. So there we get 1 Thessalonians, where Paul is like, you guys have been encouraging one another. You are showing respect with one another. You are engaged in this thing of love, and you are trying to live in peace. And it's not to say that they got it right all the time, but they were trying to do it. And when we're thinking about our own relationships, when we're thinking about those things, who doesn't want encouragement, respect, love, peace? To live in peace. Now, it doesn't mean we always do it, right? We've got those fears that creep up. Maybe we've got some disappointments that creep in. Maybe we even have had those moments where we don't get to trust anybody. And respect can be tenuous depending upon how the other person is acting, right? And so we can start to make all of these caveats. Well, yeah, but... And yet, with Acts 2, we get this sense that when the Spirit of God filled that room, it was like the force of a mighty wind. That the Spirit of God came upon the people, and what we thought was impossible, I don't know, encouragement maybe sometimes, respect, okay, love, well, it depends, live in peace, oh, well, I don't know, only if somebody will be quiet for a couple of minutes. When the Spirit of God fills that room, the impossible all of a sudden becomes possible. It's not to say that we get it perfect every time, but what was impossible becomes possible. And so when we're thinking about those relationships in our lives, all kinds of relationships, whether that is family, friends, acquaintances, co-workers, bosses, people that we pass on the streets, people that we strike up conversation with, whether it's, you know, very minor and only for a split second, to things that we take time and cultivate. How is that energy of encouragement, respect, love, and peace coming into it? How are we understanding it? How are we building it in? How are we cultivating it? Because that's what Paul's doing. Paul's saying, hey, you guys are working on this, but it's a an indication to keep going, to keep working, to keep on this path. Because the Spirit of God came in, came in like a great force of wind and made the impossible possible. Continuing on in 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 through 15. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are disorderly. Comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure no one repays a wrong with a wrong, 
but always pursue the good for each other and everyone else. Acts 2, 3 through 4, they saw what seemed to be individual flames of the fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So backing up there, it's almost like Paul got, he's like, okay, I know you guys are going to struggle with this whole encouragement, respect, love, and peace thing, and especially when someone else doesn't want to participate in that, right? Because we can only choose our own actions, our own reactions. We can't control someone else and the way they want to engage with us. We can try to take a certain path, but that doesn't mean they're going to respond accordingly. And so Paul is going, okay, I can already see where the questions are coming. And so he gives them this, we urge you to warn those who are disorderly. Hey, it's okay to say, whoa, wait up, cool, not, whoa. That this isn't about, hey, I want you to put yourself in complete harm's way every day. Stay in that abusive relationship. Absolutely not. Paul's like, hey, you need to call account. But you're going to call account from a place of encouragement, respect, love, and peace. Not, hey, you know what? I'm going to take revenge. No. Paul says, make sure no one repays a wrong with a wrong, but always pursue the good, always pursue the good for each other and everyone else. That sense of being in a life-giving relationship, of saying, you know what, I'm going to begin to conduct myself in particular ways, no matter what relationship I'm entering into. That yes, there are going to be times for accountability, but it comes from a place of wanting good for everyone. That we are going to engage in these actions and these words and the reactions that we have from a place of, we're trying to work from a place of bringing good for everyone. Not just for some, not just for me, but for everyone. And so Paul's words get challenging, and yet when we look at Acts and the fire, like the light, right? They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. It was like, whoa, something is different here. And so when we begin to engage in relationships where, you know what, I'm not about revenge. I'm not about if you've wronged me, I'm going to take revenge upon you. No, no, no. There may be some accountability, but not revenge. And everything we begin to do in our relationships is about bringing about the good for everyone because we are building it upon that basis of being an encouragement, of helping the weak, of being patient with everyone. That one's really hard. We're comforting the discouraged. Things become possible Things become possible that were impossible. And just as that light, that flame comes to them in that room saying, you are filled with the Spirit of God. Now you guys can speak a common language. They're speaking all kinds of different languages, but they understand one another. And so we could see this as a great metaphor in this moment about what we're talking about. Because it doesn't matter the language that we speak. Like we could be speaking English Arabic, Swahili, we could be speaking German, we could be speaking 
finish. We could be speaking all kinds of things, but if I am acting in a way that is encouraging, respectful, loving, and peaceful, my guess is that no matter whether or not you can understand me speaking English, that you're going to understand my actions. You're going to understand what I am trying to do. And so when the Spirit of God comes upon us, that there are things that we can do that even though we may speak in all kinds of different languages, we get, we get this energy, this life-giving energy of the Spirit of God when it comes out in the way that we engage one another. In the way that we are concerned about, you know what, let me encourage, you're having a rough time. It comes out in showing respect, of trying to be respectful of one another. It comes out when we're coming from a place of love. It comes out when it's like, whoo, wait, let's take a chill. Whoo, we're going we're gonna to look at this from a place of peace. We prefer peace over hurting one another. So how does that begin to change how we interact? Paul's giving us a basis of the, what was once impossible is now possible because the Spirit of God fills us. Continuing on in verses 16 through 18 of chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Acts 2, 5 through 6. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native language. As we are trying to do the life-giving thing, as we are trying to live into a life-giving relationship with everyone, with everyone, in all the different contexts, in all the different ways that we're trying to be that encouragement, that respect, that love, that peace. Here's a recognition that we may need a little strength for that. We may need a little guidance. Pray continuously. Give thanks. That sense of whatever we find ourselves in, of being grateful for. And you can finish that sentence in any way, in multitude of ways, that even as we may be struggling, as we are having a bad day, as we are like, you know, I would rather not be an encouragement. As we may feel like, I am stressed to the breaking point, why do I want to deal with that sense of pray continually and be grateful. That sense of building ourselves up because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That sense that God's strength, we may understand it when we're trying to live a life that chooses joy, that we're trying to rejoice, that we're trying to give thanks, that we are praying continually, staying in constant connection with God so that we might cultivate and know those life-giving relationships that not so possible at one point, now, now they are. Continuing on in verses 19 through 22 of chapter 5. Don't suppress the spirit, don't brush off spirit-inspired messages, but examine everything carefully and hold on to what is good. Avoid every kind of evil. 
that sense of not brushing off the spirit, those spirit-inspired messages. And that as we're going along, as we're being challenged by Paul of, okay, how do I live into life-giving ways? How do I cultivate relationships that are about encouragement, about respect, about love, about peace? How do I go about doing that? Who are we listening to to be inspired? And if we're kind of like, well, I don't know who to it goes further it goes further in say in acts 2 7 they were surprised and amazed saying look aren't all the people who are speaking galileans every one of them like wait a minute it may not be who you expect to be inspired who brings that message who helps bring that guidance and if we're like is there like a test or something we could test it against john 15 9 as the Father loves me, I too have loved you. Remain in my love. So if we're like, okay, I need some inspiration. How do I get inspired that is being inspired by the Spirit? Which means it may be uncomfortable. It may be a little different than what I think. It may be changing and shifting my perceptions, my beliefs. How do I know that it's of the Spirit and this sense? How is it connected to God's love? Is it connected to God's love or is it only connected to what I want? Is it connected to God's love or is it connected to, well, I'll still be comfortable. Is it connected to God's love or is it like, mm, you know, that's just not a priority for me right now. We can test it out. Is it a, an inspired message of the Spirit of God, of the Holy Spirit, is it a message of love? How is it connecting to love? How is it challenging us in love? Finishing up in verses 23 through 24. Now may the God of peace himself cause you to be completely dedicated to him. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept intact and blameless at our Lord Jesus Christ's coming. The one who is calling you is faithful and we'll do this. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you received from God. Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love and make an effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit with the peace that ties you together. You are one body and one spirit, just as God also called you in one hope. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. So here Paul is finishing up with his letter of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He's finishing it up with May the God of peace himself cause you to be completely dedicated to him. And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept intact and blameless at our Lord Jesus Christ's coming. Paul's like, here's the thing. All you're doing, these relationships that you're cultivating, these, this, what you are being called to do by God, you are being called by a God of peace. You are being called by a God of love. And God is like every part of it, every aspect, every peace and love can be brought into it. Soul, spirit, body. Often we say mind, body, spirit. 
it's talking about the same thing. Our whole selves can be encompassed in this life-giving energy of being in relationship with God that begins to go and rub off and begins to infiltrate the rest of our lives. That as we try to be that encouragement, as we try to live into that respect, as we try to live into that love, as we try to live into peace, that it doesn't just begin to impact ourselves alone, but it goes out. It goes out like a pond, like I've said before, it ripples out like a pond does when a stone is thrown in. It ripples out and begins to impact others. It begins to impact others in ways that maybe we didn't even know possible because God keeps calling us, keeps saying, come on, we can do it. We can go together. You want life-giving relationships. You want that energy. You want to feel that flame. You want to feel that spirit of God. And so we are being challenged here in how we are living into it, how we are living into that calling And Ephesians kind of spells that out. Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love and make an effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit with the peace that ties you together. That sense of making that effort, that we may not do it right every time, that we may go, ooh, mmm, oh, but we make the effort. We keep trying. We keep trying to listen for where God is calling us, how God is calling us to live into this world, how God is calling us to ignite our relationships, to grasp the potential that is there because God has made the impossible possible as the Spirit fills us and says, we can do it. We can encourage one another. We can show that respect even when we're like, oh, I don't know. We can be that presence of love. We can be that presence of peace. We can be that presence in this world. And so we are being challenged by Paul to do so. On Monday night, the session of the church met, uh, as we do every third Monday of the month. And one of the phrases that came out of that meeting, which I think is really what Paul is talking about here in many ways, this, this sense that we may, each of us, we may be the only Bible someone reads. Another way of saying it that we've been talking about it today, we may be the only encouragement. We may be the only respect. We may be the only love. We may be the only peace that is connected to God that someone else experiences. And do we take that seriously? Or is it not, I'm busy. It's been a rough day. I can't. I don't know. It's not on my to-do list. I got other things going. I don't like the way somebody's treated me. Our challenge today is to understand that we may be the only one that someone else has who someone else gets to experience the love of God through. 
who gets to experience the God of peace through, that gets to experience that respect which is tied to our worth, that God says we are worthy, that encouragement that God is constantly giving us. Every step of the way, no matter what we are being challenged with, God's like, nope, I'm here with you. And we might be that for someone else. That might be the only connection that someone gets to God's encouragement, God's respect, worth, God's love, God's peace. And so we are challenged today How will we allow the Spirit of God to fill us, to take the impossible to possible? How will we allow the Spirit of God to go, all right, let's ignite it, let's get that energy going. We can live into something wonderful. How will we allow the Spirit of God to carry us forth so that others, others might know the God of peace, of love, of encouragement, of saying, you are worthy because you are mine. How will we allow the Spirit of God to change us this day? Amen.